0: Hey, holly hey dave how are you today
1: doing great today thank yeah. you for asking how are you
0: i'm good i'm good i got my new hd camera so you can see everything that's going on in here you like yeah. the look
1: I see everything. I see. uh, I'm not going to point it out. We'll let anybody (laughs) who's
0: watching
1: see all your new stuff. But hey, welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast.
0: We always forget that. Yes, we are the What Difference Does It Make (laughs) podcast. Thank you for joining. So we are still counting down these songs that were played on KROQ, the radio station in Los Angeles back in the day. 1984 is what we're looking at. And we're counting down the top 106.7 songs and this week we got 70 to number 61 and I think there's some surprises on there and so we're going to go into it and as we've done we're inviting people into our neighborhood and uh, let's see who's in the neighborhood today and it uh, looks like oh yeah look at that it's Daddy Russ Boris he's the music director at WFUV in New York don't you know and, uh, hello, hello. Yeah, welcome aboard.
2: Thank you. Nice to be here. Hey Russ. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> We're doing great. Uh, Russ has a show called The Alternate Side, which is heard on Fridays from 6 to 9, is that correct? Or wait, nine I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on Pacific Time. your time, so that's fine. Yes. That works. When, when can you hear your show? Every Friday night in New York City, 9 to midnight. Uh, very good. Three hours of, it, it seems like you play whatever the the heck you like. Is that, uh, is that Pretty fair? Much.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, at the heart of it, it's kind of an indie rock show, but it harkens back to classic alternative and uh, we'll work in some hip hop. We play a lot of electronic music as well. And if the mood strikes, you know, something I like to call a curveball will happen, you know, three, four, eight times over the course of the show. Um, yeah. So you never know what really could happen got a valentine show for instance the jazz singer may or may not make an appearance to mm-hmm. give you an idea of what the show is all about
0: as well he should you always tweet out some little teasers of what's going to be on the show last week you had a poll of what was your favorite pixies album was it Surfer rosa or Doolittle? was that the other yes. one okay i don't believe you chimed in
2: well, I, I, I sometimes do. And I sometimes don't every now and again, I'll throw a little poll out there just cause I feel like it's, it's interesting and it's necessary. I've done it with, let's say, uh, let it be and Tim from the replacements three or four different times just to take the temperature ever again. <laughs> and we keep the people on honest to be, you know, uh, really. So, um, but if we want to circle back to the Pixies, it's Doolittle.
0: Really? Okay. So was that your first time you had heard the Pixies was Doolittle? Did you listen to Surfer Rosa? I just
2: found do little bit of the album that I connected with a little bit more strongly.
0: Okay. I, I think it was probably because it was the first time I heard the pixies. And when I heard gigantic and uh, you know, my, I think my head exploded like, oh, this is, this is something amazing. Um, so I think that was like the, my first, the first time I've discovered the pixies. and I think that was like, so thrilling to, to hear something so cool this is
2: why the poll goes out so oh. we can have
0: this conversation <laughs> and try to uh, try to engage with the audience see look at that social media it's amazing <laughs> it is it's fun Russ is big with the with the gifts and uh and the polls we
1: got, will revolve more around Depeche mode and Blamange so
0: talk about Depeche mode I will talk about Depeche mode all day so that's <laughs> that's good by me
1: well okay. okay Russ and I need our own Depeche mode podcast because I can too
0: I don't know okay Russ. Depeche Mode or the Smiths? Oh boy. Um, I like how you put me on the spot there. If you really,
2: (laughs) I think because that window of the Smiths is so small, uh, that the impact is so great and those records are all so strong, but the catalog in terms of Depeche Mode, it's. I might, I might edge there as much right. as I'm the Moz and Smith guy. I might actually say that the Depeche Mode catalog as a whole uh, holds just a little bit more of a place in my heart.
0: Interesting. And then what if we, then what if we tossed in the Morrissey catalog with the entire Depeche Mode catalog? So hey, there's the, you're
2: going to ask me, which kid do I love more next?
0: Okay. <laughs> Baby steps. Here we go. Okay. Let's, let's just take, okay, fine. All right, fine. I'm back. I'm backing away there. Fine. We will accept your answer, <laughs> but
1: <Pesh mode. laughs>
0: yeah, I I know where you are. How dare you, though? I mean, we are. What difference does it make? Okay. How about that, I'm going to ask you, how it, the Pesh mode or the Cure? Mm-hmm. See, yeah, there's some daggers flying. Oh, right now, I know it's, it's 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 hot and heavy now.
1: I, I'm going to, you You know, better than to ask me, you know, when it comes to stuff like it's easy to smith and Depeche mode, that's an easy one, but the cure, you know, I'm not a good decision. maker. When you look for my favorite something, I have to give you a list because I can't have one favorite.
2: You you were looking for a poll to run. Uh,
0: there you go. Yeah, right. Okay. We'll find out what are, what the people like. I Actually, it's funny. I heard um, Letter to Elise last week uh, mm-hmm. on your show. You know what? Listening to it, it reminds me, it could have been, this could be a, like a Taylor Swift song. It's so angsty and just like listening to it now, like, you know, that was kind of hard on your sleeve type of thing. It's like, yeah, you know what? I betcha, betcha that could have been. And that was a huge pop song back in the day. I'm sure.
1: Kind of a lot of angsty songs in that catalog.
0: (laughs) I don't know.
1: What do you,
2: this might be the first time though, that I've heard a Robert Smith and Tay Tay comparison. Right. All
0: right. Well, you know, I was just listening. I just happened to be listening today. So it's fresh in my mind. So there you go. Fair enough. no. But the main reason I brought you along today is because of this 10-song chunk of K-Rock songs that we're going to discuss. And um, so we're going to do 70 to 61. And the main reason is because I know you're a huge Hall and Oates fan. I mean, it's all about Hall and Oates. There's there's no separating the two. Uh, Definitely not. <laughs> okay, so number 70 on our K-Rock list is Out of Touch, which is kind of crazy that this alternative radio station played. The song, although it did have the remix on it. What, uh, what are your thoughts of the out of touch remix? Well, I think you
2: can't disassociate yourself from the video because <laughs> Daryl Hall's cheetah suit is legendary. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how do you not just completely <laughs> hone in on that? The hmm. entire thing. Uh, but I mean, let's face it. Hall and Oates. I know it all started in the seventies. They were Kings of MTV mm-hmm. in the eighties. And you know, those videos mattered, those songs, every single one of them. I mean, do you wanna go private eyes? You wanna hand clap with me right now? Cause you know you want to. I mean, you're hand clapping in your mind just when you think about it. So, um, you know, Out of Touch, it's, it's a great pop song. It's a great pop song. I could never really get past Daryl Hall's need to always kind of nervously bop when he, you know, he's like dancing when he's lip syncing. And it's just like, dude, just like settle for a moment. Cause he's just shaking the whole time. <laughs> doesn't make it any less awesome, but I'm just another observation.
0: Well, back in the 80s, people didn't really know what to do when the camera was on. Um, dancing. Yeah. I mean, We, we, yeah. we actually, t- yeah, we talked to Mark Goodman um, last year and he was, they had no idea what to do when the camera was on them or like, yeah. and he's, he brought up the idea, hey, why don't we walk around the, the the studio for a while? And then it was just like, it looked like we were going for a hike or something. We were just always moving and it's just. Like okay, let's let's have some choreography here or something, and uh, and so I guess they they just turned the camera on Daryl Hall and like all right do with, do the magic that you do. Apparently that magic is moving uncomfortably. Yeah, and and let's face it, you know Oates is there for the stash. <laughs> he he does bring the stash. The song was interesting in that it not only was um was a number one song, a pop hits, but it also was number twenty four at the Hot Black Singles chart. And number eight on the adult contemporary charts, and number one on the dance charts. So, I mean, it was a crossover song. It hit uh, hit all formats. Everyone loved Holly Notes. Kings of MTV. <laughs> Everybody loves Hall Oates. Holly Notes. <laughs> Holly,
1: <laughs> I'm thinking about how to how to say this. They, I I think I might be a bigger fan now in in retrospect. I mean, I was always a fan. You always sing, you know, their big sing along songs, but they're look. Was very appropriate. I mean, when you when you think about the bands that you love that we loved from MTV, you know, Duran Duran and, you know, that ilk and you look at at, at Hall Notes, Notes, their look did kind of fit right in with the mullets and the, you know, but the music to me isn't the same. I mean, it's 80s and it's very uh, to me, it's very symbolic of the 80s. But the look—I never really thought about it because I categorize them differently than I do Duran Duran and some of the other like New Wave bands. But watching this video, <laughs> this was awesome. In the drum, I hadn't—I uh, hadn't seen that in many years when they were uh, you know whatever they were doing. They weren't dancing. They were.
0: This was state-of-the-art Moving. instrumentation right here.
2: It was like Alice in Wonderland, but in a drum yeah. or something like that, yeah. Yeah. And if yeah. you go back to the early days, I know we're really focused on Out of Touch, but the very early days of Hall & Oates, you go back to you know Abandoned land, Luncheonette and even previous, it's actually Flight of the Concords. <laughs> it really is. It's just like- All right, walk me through this. Hold on a second. The, no, no, no. Take the humor out and just <laughs> focus on just the two guys kind of just playing acoustic and stuff. Side by side, do an A B on some of that stuff. Okay. You'll you'll make the parallels. Okay. Oh.
0: All right. So I can't wait, wait. I can't do Robert That's Smith. Yeah. You're Robert not, doing, Smith you're and Tay Tay right is now. not allowed, but however, the uh Hollow Notes and Fly of the Concords is allowed. Is that uh, is that what you're Guest.
2: So
1: yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the guest is always right.
0: <sighs> you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're always right. <laughs> this was kind of the the end, however, of Hollow Notes, because they, they had one more hit off Big Bam Boom. Did you hit by the way, did you have this record, big big bam boom? Yes. You did? Um, can you spell "Method of matter, Modern Love" real quick? Let's hear you do it. M e t h o d o f l o v e. There you go. Okay, but you,
2: gotta, thing too. but you got it. But you got to sing it. Next, <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, you know, A to Z backwards. backwards. <laughs> it.
0: I remember when that song came out. I was like, "What? What are they spelling? What? What's going on? This is going..." Yeah, to... Yeah, well, I didn't sing it. I just. I know, but mean, matter of fact, I didn't want to get it wrong. I know, but I, I just always remember that. And actually, that was their final number. Like top ten hit. They had Everything Your Heart Desires, hit number three in nineteen eighty eight, and then that was it for the was band. You didn't so
2: close oh, so clo- just make something.
0: How yes, you did so close, appropriately titled because it made number it was number eleven on the top ten list back in nineteen ninety. Do you know who produced that that song, by the way? I don't recall. That was John Bon Jovi. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> I would not wow. I would not uh you know steer you wrong here. Some Hollow Notes trivia for yeah, the Hollow Notes a, uh yeah. fanatic. By the way, where were you listening to? Uh, wh- where'd you hear out of touch in nineteen eighty four? what Where was Russ Boris? Mtd? Yeah, it was MTD, exclusive. So. so you didn't yeah, it was yeah, well, at the time, I think um I think we had just
2: gotten cable for the first time. We had moved to you know a new town and got cable, and that was like kind of a whole other experience. And so uh, that particular summer, I think was watching a lot of MTV. And, uh, learning a lot of music, you know, I listened to, that was kind of the beginning. And then also I was always a radio kid. So I would, you know, check out the local stations and stuff like that. You know, obviously at that time, you know, one or two Jersey stations were top of mind. Z 100 was super big, you know, PLJ in New York. So those were the ones that we listened to on the radio, but that between that and
0: MTD was kind of the, the so you focus did, on the music. Did you have a radio in your room Were you one of those guys always listening? Yeah.
2: Oh Yeah. Um, and definitely one of those kids that, you know, it seems like such a cliche, but yeah, I did have the radio kind of late nights, you know, blankets, you know, <laughs> when the lights are out and still listening to something or another, I, it just always connected with me.
0: <laughs> listening to Mets games. I, I also, uh, would assume.
2: Oh, sure. A little bit of the Mets games. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when I moved to New York, it always shocked me. Like when I was uh, like 11 o'clock at night, there'd be a, there'd be a baseball game on like, why is this on? then i realized oh wait a second this is they're they're playing in in los angeles and uh, well here we curse that because of that course be the worst thing yeah. when they
2: did the west coast strip and we're like wait a minute when this is gonna be nine ten days out there and all these games are starting at 10 30
0: yeah it's like you're killing me right and once i moved to once i lived in new york for a while i understood why there's a an east coast bias is because it's too late for everyone to to follow teams on the west really coast hard. yeah yeah let's keep moving along here we're uh Oh, my gosh. Number 69, Depeche Mode, Everything Counts. What are your first thoughts on this? It's perfect. I mean, <laughs> a perfect
2: song. I mean, I, I know, look, you're not going to get you're not going to get me to say a bad word about Depeche Mode. It's not going to happen. OK. You know, I think Martin Gore is overlooked at times. Mm-hmm. So for me, like wherever he can take a little, um, you know, shine a little light on him. It, it's always a win. Um uh, but the dynamic of those two guys is just ridiculous and always has been and, and the strength of those, you know, two at the front, him and and Dave Gahan, it's just um it's just a band that has always, always resonated for me. And um, you know, everything counts in large amounts. He always has something to say. Martin <laughs> Gore always has something to say.
0: It's the beginning of yuppies and that whole uh... That whole scene. What, oh shoot! What was the the Michael Douglas movie? The uh, oh, why can't I think of it? Right, now? Wall Street. Of course, Wall Street. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was yeah, yeah that that whole scene. I'm sure that was uh, that was kind of their observation. Um, but inside the song, there's there's xylophone and there's uh, what is was that um, that thing where you blow it? It's kind of like a, a keyboard that you blow into. Do you oh, know yeah. what that's he, called?
1: He said they were experiment. You know, they were ex- experimenting with new sound, new whatever you call them instruments at the time synclave like
0: yeah uh, yeah it was kind of like that yeah for some reason like the saxophone there was a lot of uh, xylophone and marimbas in the uh in the 80s <laughs> do, do you have a favorite song off the top of your head i know maybe you think uh, love plus 1 or do you have a uh, a song that uh, that sticks out maybe a love cats perhaps
2: no you know <laughs> actually i um I kind of, for me, it's it's actually more recent. I really like um, Extraordinary Machine from Fiona Apple, which was a few years back. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of lovely. And in, in, to not sound cheesy about it, but I mean, it's... uh the way the instrumentation works there and the production on it is just really nice. And there was something about that song that always stuck out. And that's that does have a little bit of a the xylophone there. there sorry go. to go off eighties. That? No, that's in that, uh, we, in that example. but we, That was the one that kind
0: of came to mind. No, that's we all good. We often go off eighties. We, we do. We do all the time. Admittedly. By the way, Holly, what's your favorite xylophone song? <sighs> okay, oh, xylophone. I'm
1: sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the Depeche, Depeche Mode. No, mode. no, no.
1: Favorite xylophone song.
0: Do you, I mean off the top of your? I can, I can name a you know Gone Daddy Gone. We had some looking for clues, hold me now, love my way. There you go. I bet you love my way. Okay. All right. I know Holly well. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't even have to, you know, you can answer all the questions. You can ask me and answer the questions too.
0: (laughs) I also looked up what the difference is between marimba and xylophone. And it was too, too detailed to even mention. It's just, there's just a slight tone. Is much. that like um, the difference between alligator and crocodile? Pretty much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay.
1: What is the difference between alligator and crocodile?
0: I think one is one can go on land and one is just the water. I'm just, I'm just throwing difference? that out right oh. now. Um, Did you
1: say one goes on land?
0: What, yeah. What, what, what if by land two if by sea? I don't, I'm not quite sure what, uh, but the different, I believe, I believe that's the the difference. Kind of like a turtle and a tortoise.
2: I was actually going to bring up that as an example. <laughs> if you could tell me that one too, I yeah.
0: think turtles can go Look, in the I water. I need to tell
1: her the difference
2: of these. I think, Tor- I, know.
0: I think tortoise is a desert dweller, and turtles can go in water. There's something to do with with water.
1: You should confirm this before taking this information. I know to your what daughter Russ. <laughs>
0: Uh, I will certainly do that. And that's good
2: advice, Ollie. Thank you.
0: Hey, we're talking with Russ Boris and having a lot of fun, but sometimes we need to take a break. And that's exactly what we are going to do at this moment.
1: Hope you had a good break.
0: It was a great break. Thank you.
1: Getting back to the K-Rock countdown from 1984 with our special guest, Russ Boris from WFUV.
0: Okay. So now we move on to a band that is named Spandau Ballet. And this is a song called Only When You Leave. Do you remember this song at all? Russ Boris.
2: Vaguely. Because for <laughs> me, it's like, it's true and that's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. True is a beauty I I have you know no issues with that I mean but yeah I can't say that I knew this one tremendously I mean to me I always felt like Spandau Ballet on some level was trying to be Roxy Music in you know kind of updating to some extent they all were Um, yeah I I, I think so (laughs) and there was also to me also there was like this constant battle of like Who's the next guy? It was it um, the Spandau Ballet. It was what was Tony Hadley and and the guy from ABC, Martin Fry. It was mm-hmm. like the two of those guys. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, occupying the same space of sort of crooning. Maybe there's a Brian Ferry sort of fashion statement, it, you it know, and next. trying to yeah in the in, in the movements and and I don't know that either one kind of one up to the other as a whole. I think ABC had better songs. Just case in point, right here kind of like it's true and then oh yeah they probably they had to make some other ones because there was a record <laughs> but and there was more than one record but I, I can't say that I had like a big connection with anything on Spandau Ballet beyond
0: the, the main song. What do you think of this Holly?
1: I love the song. I'm, I was a fan. I, I am a fan and that's very interesting Dave though that maybe could be another poll. I never even thought about that ABC or Spandau Ballet. <laughs> I agree with Russ in that ABC for me, better songs. But I also have to say, I love these songs and I like these songs a whole lot better than I like True. I wasn't, I love the ABC ballads, but I liked less the Spandau Ballet ballads. <laughs> there were a handful of great Spandau Ballet songs, in my opinion. I do love the song. I like communication. They had a song called Lifeline. It had a great I, energy for me. I loved that <laughs> song. The video for this, Only When You Leave, was so <laughs> evocative of the 80s, just the styles and the coloring of it. It was it was sort of reddish, shot reddish. Did you watch it? That's I got the groove yeah.
2: in it. And I got which I, I yeah. get where you're going in the be energy because it definitely yeah. was something that feels, the music aside, like you're not plucking that presentation and sticking it in, into 2021 without it being
0: uh, out of place.
1: Yes, Exactly. But I I still very listenable for me, the songs themselves. Yeah. I'm
0: a fan. Spandau was still trying, I guess they were trying to pivot to make a, create something different. They played Live Aid and this was the song that they opened up with. Then they played True, which is the iconic song. It was funny. They played in a three song set. They played something that wasn't even released yet. Uh, It was a song called Virgin, which wasn't even, didn't even come out until 1986 so they were probably still trying to find their way. This wasn't even on their, their new album. They play, obviously they played the single, their iconic song, and then a song that's not on this new album that you won't hear for a couple years, but here we go here. I know we got a worldwide audience and this is what we're going to do. And, uh, and then that's the last we ever heard of Spandau Ballet. Was this something you did? Like when you came home from school, would you put on MTV? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember they,
2: they got to a point where they had, um, you know, the exclusive videos. So they would have like the exclusive graphic on there and we'd go to school and we'd like talk about the list of ones that were actually exclusive and, uh, nerd out about that. Yeah. I started nerdy really early.
0: It happens. Not great. No, no, it's a good thing. Yes, it <laughs>
1: it's is. It's a good. Now it is, but maybe back then it wasn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you had a group of friends probably. Were you a Dungeons and Dragons guy? No. No. I was a, um. I am a He-Man guy, a Masters of
2: the Universe guy. That was my big
0: thing. Yeah. Is that, were those the, did you have a poster up the, on your wall? What was the Russ Boris? Had
2: every action figure there was. Did you? Every single one.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who'd you gravitate to? Who'd you identify with?
2: You know, if you, if you put it in, in sort of like, you know, wrestling terms, you know, have the, <laughs> it'd be the heels, you know, I would definitely be going gravitating towards the, you know, the bad guys. Cause they were just cooler looking. Always. as far as the action figures maybe in the show you always wanted them to lose or whatever because like you're supposed to i guess you know be conditioned to root for the good guy but if you're playing with the action figures the bad ones were always cooler they just had yeah. like better weapons or they had better features you know you get an example like they had a one called leech who was like a big suction face. So it would stick to things or they had a two headed one and his fist would come back and like really um, punch guys with too bad. I think was his name or whatever. And then you look at the good guys and there was a guy whose name was Moss man and he was covered in moss. I was like, that's not a trait. There's no skill here. You just, you're like vegetated. Like, I don't understand what this, what this is supposed to be. No kid is saying I want
1: to be Moss man. No,
0: no, definitely not. Here we go. 67. Uh, This is not a dynamic duo. This is the Fab Five. This is Duran Duran. New Moon on Monday. Russ, how much do you love Duran Duran? I'm going to
2: say this. (laughs) You can soundbite it if you want to. You can extract this clip for socials. Duran Duran is life. That's it. (laughs) I I will never make an excuse for loving Duran Duran. (laughs) Never. I mean, I loved those records. And it went past... You know Rio and, and and Hungry Like the Wolf. I think that was starting. You know that was just scratching the surface because I just think those songs got better um, as time went on. And you know they get so closely linked to the '80s in in sort of a negative way as being you know one of those big MTV bands and everything. But there were so many good songs in that band's catalog. So I am I am all about Duran Duran. And this in New Moon on Monday is kind of Simon doing like his best Bowie. I think.
0: Hmm. Yes, without a doubt. Did you watch the video though? Yes. Okay. I mean, What's going, what the hell's going on in there? Great
2: about the, yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, wild boys, you know, all these like this, we're not going to talk so great about the video. To me, it's just about the songs. Yeah. It's always about the songs.
1: I mean, the video, it's almost like you're more focused on them, them, you know, and their looks and their hair and every, their clothing than, <laughs> than what is actually going on in the video, you know, or they're on a boat, you know, I, I the story. They're I, mean, on a I boat. can't really tell you the story about a lot of, you know, from a lot of the video. I mean, Rio, I, I can't even tell you the story. I just know they're on a boat.
0: They're um, secret agents in this or they're they're solving some sort of, yeah. uh, you know, their viva resistance or something. Something's happening there. And then they're all dancing in the end. And, you know, just uh, which I read, they can't even watch the end of that video yeah. where it's just them dancing to their song and, uh, you know, yeah. trying to pretend like they're having fun. It's
2: incredible to me to think of the budgets or oh,
3: yeah you know just
2: at these videos were like oh we're going to make these little movies and stuff and it's like guys you're wasting <laughs> so much time I know um but it mattered then it did you know because if that video got on MTV and you know it was an exclusive rotation maybe you know, that's that's a big deal
0: It was cuz obviously yeah uh, young Russ Boris was watching MTV and every video on there made an impression on him
1: we Expected this from Duran Duran, and anything less would have disappointed us.
0: This was not bedroom pop. This was, uh, yeah,
1: Andy Taylor and Nick Rhodes. They declared this as their least favorite Duran Duran video.
0: <laughs> that's saying something, yeah. <laughs> Did you have think, a favorite, Russ? Who was your favorite Durani? Or you were a Durani who, as a Durani, who was your favorite?
2: I think it just Simon was cool, so I, I think it that's that's where you kind of focused. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, one of the, the best moments was. Again, to, to, to take it off where um, where we are centered here, uh, a few years ago, Duran Duran played South By. And NPR had done their usual showcase, and they were kind of the, the band that was playing after, so it wasn't quite in the NPR live stream, but they were like the headliner at Stubbs uh, at, at South By. And so we made, like, we, it was so crowded in there, so it was basically like, if you're leaving, you're going to have a really hard time getting out. So we were just planted for mm-hmm. like four or five hours up on the dirt hill and when they hit the stage you're like oh where are they gonna start what's the first song for duran duran they went with a view to a kill and i was like this is so badass (laughs) That was a gutsy choice to come out of the gate from this crowd like i don't know how many people knew them or whatever or just how many were just nostalgia or then you know sort of the younger end of the crowd but i was like it's kind of cool i was into it
1: i gotta say this was not one of my favorite at the time not one of my favorite Duran Duran songs, but listening to it again in (laughs) preparation for this. I really like this song.
0: Yeah. Did you have
2: this album, Russ? Yeah, I think... You know at the time it was you know, I might have had a few albums and a couple of cassettes. I was trying, I don't think I necessarily had you know one you know or too many of the other. Uh, so kind of grab things here and there. But yeah, I had Duran Duran cassette in the
0: mix. So. <laughs> Actually, what is what was your first purchase? Do you remember? Because usually that's kind of like a, a tough choice you have to make where you use your own money to. Uh...
2: I think the one that I bought first was Cargo from Men at Work, if I remember correctly. Fine choice. Yeah, yes. I think so.
1: And uh, since we're on the topic, first concert. First
2: concert. The one that I want to admit, or the mm-hmm. one that I want to. Yeah, all right. Yes. So, the one you
1: want to admit, the uh, one you, no, you the, are loath to admit. Jimmy Buffett.
0: Did you go with the family, or was this with
3: I friends? I went
2: with a friend of mine because it was like this weird curiosity. Um, I had taken a trip uh, to visit a family uh, in the South <laughs> one summer. And you know we ended up going on some fishing trip where another family friend played jimmy buffett in the car the entire time and i was like this weird ass song about a cheeseburger mm. and why don't we get drunk and screw i was like what is this guy like it was, so it just became so ridiculous so um the local amphitheater you know near us he was coming like one summer and me and like this you know friend of mine were like maybe we should just go and see what this is and it was pretty rid- like pretty ridiculous so yes,
0: that is technically the first guy. Even at, how old were you then? 15. You went as like a, like as a joke. Like, let's just see what I this is. Like and, a, ma- and let's just mock everyone who goes are? to this. Do we sh-
2: like this? I think it was a part, do we actually like this? Or is this just ridiculous? And I think it was somewhere in the middle. That's funny. That's what It a, was kind of fun, but it was also sure. like, this is a, one of the weirdest crowds I've ever been around, for sure.
1: I can't even imagine being a 15 yeah. year old at a Jimmy Buffett right. concert.
0: Right. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Well, Our, you told me to tell the real story. The real st- what was the one where you felt like, "Oh, these are my people," where you stepped inside the arena? In the Metallica
2: show. <laughs> yeah, the Metallica show was definitely more of my people at the time.
0: Did you consider yourself a metalhead at all, or? What? Oh, I
2: was 100. percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100. percent. Every you, one of those bands.
0: What were your Maiden, favorites? So. Megadeth. Okay. Uh,
2: Judas Priest. All the big ones, yeah. for sure.
0: Did you see that? Have you seen Iron Maiden? And.
2: Uh, Iron Maiden several times. Yeah. Uh, Priest a couple times. Uh, I think I only saw Megadeth once. Dio. I mean, Ronnie James. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, that man, how it, that voice in that little tiny body. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. Did you gravitate towards hair metal at all? Or was that... Uh, yes. you Really, still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: So me at that time was, was definitely all in. I mean, it wasn't every one of those bands. It was kind of picking and choosing. Like some of them I just thought were better. Some of them were like super... You know, I never got into you know, Poison, for instance, but I did like Warrant Records. So it wasn't necessarily a rhyme or reason because you would see them all in the same lane. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one would appeal and one wouldn't.
1: You were discriminating.
2: Yeah, not intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it played out.
1: Discriminating taste.
2: (laughs) But, I mean, that stuff was everywhere. It was impossible to not be because it was even into, you know, probably early 92, that stuff was still the fabric of MTV until – smells like teen spirit. And then it was erased the next day, yeah. you know, more or <laughs> less.
1: There's another poll Warren poison.
2: <laughs> Janie Lane wrote way better songs.
0: So when did you make your left turn where you're like become the, the indie guy that you are now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's you always
2: know, been an evolution really.
0: Yeah. Um, was there a you know, band? Like, what was the turning point? What was the band where like, or was it Nirvana where it's like, Oh, wait a second. Oh this- yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's when it started to shift more into or, and, into that world. Like, I walked into it. I didn't leave the other one mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, I stayed with, with so many of those other bands. So if, you know, if Iron Maiden had a new record or Megadeth had a new record or Queensryche had a new record, like, I was still getting those. But then I was supplementing it with, the, you know, these new bands that I didn't necessarily know about beforehand.
0: And was it still MTV or where were you hearing your new music? Was there a radio, like an alternative radio station that you. There, really?
2: Yeah, you had two. you had, you had HTG, you know, which was the minor rock station in, in Jersey. So that was big to learn about that stuff. And then the station that runs out of Seton Hall university is, is WSOU. And that was the, the metal, metal station. Yeah. So that was, that was just a treasure trove of great stuff.
0: It wasn't the most professional-run radio station, as you listened to it, even as a kid.
2: Well, at, the, at that point, when I was listening to them, I was probably a little bit older, and um, but they were pro. They they were yeah. Was it the most pro? Maybe not, but it was the most appealing
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: and the most real-sounding and stuff that that's definitely turned you on to music that you hadn't heard before. I mean, I just remember watching their TV commercial and seeing you know head like a hole for the first time, and it was mm-hmm. like, what in the hell <laughs> is that? And how awesome is that? And how quickly can I go find it? Cause that was pretty life-changing that the first nine inch nails record.
0: Did you have long hair? Did you have high hair? Yes. Did you have,
2: um, I had a very long mullet.
0: You did have the mullet. Good job.
2: Yeah. It was very long.
0: Okay. Um, we're going to request that. It
2: lasted too long. Not just, it was not the length, not just the length was long, but it stayed with me longer than it should have. I think one day my wife was just kind of like, before we were married, she was just like, you know, you should probably, you should probably move on now. Nice.
0: All right. We're still counting down hits and we're getting nowhere. This is number 66. Julie Brown's the homecoming Queens got a gun, much like blazing saddles. This could not be made today. Um, But what is, what's your opinion of, uh, of Julie Brown? I mean, I
2: I, I thought Julie Brown was really funny. Right. Um, You know, she was on MTV all the time as opposed to, you know, downtown Julie Brown. (laughs) So it was funny that they had two Julie Browns at the same time. Um, But but non-Downtown was always super funny and, and engaging watch. So when she would do her skits and sketches and stuff like that, I was all in because I just thought she was really entertaining. Um, and I liked this song at the time for the same reason, because it was silly and fun. But going back and watching it, it was like, I can't even sit through it. Right? It, it was so uncomfortable <laughs> in every way. I was just like, wow, this, um, this has not aged.
1: <laughs> Who knew? how life was going to go oh, though wow. watching this and you think it's so funny in yeah. life. I mean, in the-
2: right. Yeah, Cause you're just thinking, Oh, it's spoofing Carrie and it's just making right. a like, silliness out of it and, and, yeah. and all that. And it was fine. But like, I, I seriously, I watched it for about 50, Same. 60 seconds and I couldn't, <laughs> I had to shut it off. I couldn't do it.
1: Same. I know
0: she had another one uh, um, because I'm a blonde. Yeah. She mocked. that could probably hold up. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Still very it, funny. Have to, might have to watch that video too. <laughs> The one who does hold up is still Weird Al, and um, 1984 was the year of of Weird Al in 3D, and this contained some smash hits. You had your Eat It, you had your King of Suede, you had your I Lost on Jeopardy. I mean, Stone Cold classic. You, you know this is my guy, right? Yeah, I mean, why isn't he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I just don't understand it. Because people don't appreciate this
2: art (laughs) it's ridiculous first of all it's the greatest cover band that's ever been Mm -hmm. right because they can do everything because they're just ridiculous talents and you know al like a lot of these guys over the years has really taken his craft seriously so if you go back like he sings now and just has worked at it so like he'll actually do like vocal exercises you see like he's trying to really take this seriously and instead of the beginning where it was like all right we're just gonna um go in the bathroom i'm gonna take my accordion we're just gonna <laughs> record this song so there's been an evolution there but i just always appreciated how much fun these records were even though okay like kurt cobain was had that concern about who like, are you gonna cover me is it about food <laughs> like all the songs you know there were so many you got a little bit of a rap doing like songs about food all the time but there's so many fun songs. And for me, it started, I think it started Dare to be Stupid, but went back to to in 3D. And the first record's okay. There's a couple of like gems on there for sure. Like mm-hmm. Another One Rides the Bus is still like one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> but in 3D, Dare to be Stupid, Polka Party. Yeah, you know, I went in through those records. And so Weird Al was like another big thing. I, I remember like Christmas morning waking up and like Dare to be Stupid was under like my little tiny tree in my room. And I was like, this is the
0: greatest Christmas. <laughs> Weird Al has come. Have you invited him yes. into the studio into the um, FUVs? I
2: have not. I have not. There's the next dream is right. getting the you know the Weird Al session interview, whatever that hasn't happened. Yeah. But I'm going to say yet.
0: So another fun act that we still love, Cyndi Lauper. Girls just want to have fun. Also a fan of the WWF, so uh, she helped promote that. She and her and Captain Lou Rock and wrestling. Captain yeah, it's back. It is back to wrestling. I mean, she was great in that. Um, you know, she she was able to to play a role of like, you know. Like I can't believe what's going on. This is crazy, Captain Lou. What are you doing? And you know, she'd be in the ring and you know have have to beat up someone with a with whatever she had. And you know that was it, it was a lot of fun. I think she just wanted well, to have there's
2: fun. No, there's definitely no MTV and there's no 80s if there's no Cindy Lauper because her you know presence there is just it's so impactful um, in terms of the wrestling. I mean that really you know her connection to it helped bring in a whole you know different audience. Uh, so the rock and, rec- and wrestling connection just helped both of those worlds. And, you know, the MTV, her music, uh, rock fans, the wrestling fans, they all kind of connected there. And in terms of Captain Lou, I mean, you, that's kind of a different level of badass to like, you know, pierce your face with rubber bands. <laughs> I mean, that's not, it's not your every day. No. So I don't think I, credit is given to that guy.
0: Not been seen since.
2: I did want to mention before I forget, because this is, this is a funny point. <laughs> The video for girls just want to have fun. Do you know who her boyfriend is in that video? The I, guy who comes to pick her up. He has flowers. Yeah. He's also wearing a tuxedo. Right. Because like, why would you not wear a tuxedo to a random date?
0: And that person is. I can't Steve think. Forbert. Oh, really? Is Aww. her date? You're right. Wow, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Now that now I see, yeah, now I see the face, yes. and wow, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. I wonder how that happened.
1: That video changed uh, for me as a girl, I guess. That video changed everything. It was like a visual. It was such eye candy. You know, there was the dress, the way it was shot, Captain Lou, her just, it it was really our first big look at her. And And her mom. Her mom. Yeah. Yeah, Her mom is in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We got to know everyone. She had like a whole cast of characters. It was really kind of cool that, you know, she had this entourage and yet we kind of knew everyone. She was, uh, still is, a lot of fun. She didn't write this,
2: though, did she? Isn't this a cover?
0: Yeah, with like a reggae song, I believe, right? You're you-
1: right. Wait, <laughs> it was written by this, it was this guy, Robert Hazard. Yeah,
0: that's
2: et- the Escalator of Life guy.
1: Yeah, yes, exactly.
2: Hold okay. on,
0: what is the Escalator of Life? You don't remember Escalator of Life, Robert Hazard? no.
2: no. <laughs> Please. Shopping at the Human Mall, I think that was the line. <laughs> <laughs> it's so terrible.
0: All right. Here we go. Yeah, Something go, else to go post. can listen to All that. right. This is great. See, we're learning as well. I like this. Great. Let's move it along here. Uh number sixty four. Simple minds, speed your love to me. Now, I posted in our in our cheat notes that this song had like a like an arena rock type feel, and you kind of felt like it just Even though this wasn't a big song, you felt like this was going to be a band that was going to escalate and going to be one of the biggest bands of the 80s. You know, they did, of course, go on to have a a couple big singles, but not like not huge. There were there were a number of bands like this. You know, there was there was also like the Alarm and Big Country that you thought were going to be big. What do you think of Simple Minds? Where where were you?
2: Uh, I think Simple Minds was just probably The Breakfast Club. And, you know, that that was the big association you know, beyond that, yeah, you know, I, I can't say that it necessarily resonated with me, just you know, just the huge song It was just like, Oh yeah, he's these John Hughes and um you know how how those movies became so ingrained in that time frame. You know, I looked at uh at you two as the probable big you know, the, the most likely to be the big band of that, you know, hearing, you know, and watching the video for pride, for instance, and just feeling like that was just a larger sound to me. But I just liked in a big country more. I just thought that was the best song of the bunch, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was, even though I couldn't tell you any other songs in that band's catalog, that was just the only one that I cared
0: about. I know Holly loves simple minds. What do you think of this song?
1: I I I love the song. I love this whole album. I think we talked about, we may have talked Mm -hmm. about it the last week. Also, I love this album, but I do think simple minds are on a, not, not necessarily talent wise, but just as a band with their success, I would put them up a tier. I think.
0: Are they still Mm -hmm. alive and kicking? I don't even know. I did like Alive and Kicking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They had, you think about it, go back I, and look at the catalog. Sanctify
0: Yourself is pretty great. good. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, a great I, song.
0: Right. They had some great songs, but it never really escalated.
1: I guess everybody does associate them with uh, with Breakfast Club and Don't You Forget About Me, but that to me wasn't even my favorite. I mean, Sanctifiers. that's one of my favorite Simple Mind songs. I put them up a level. <laughs> I don't know that I would ever, you know, like you say, you predicted them to be a big arena right. band. Right.
0: Still love this yeah. song.
1: Speed Your Love, not not my favorite song, but yes, I still, I love this. And I, yes, I had the album and would yes, you, I would still listen to it.
0: Okay. Number 63. Speaking of like movie projects, this, when you hear this song, Tones on Tail, the song is called <laughs> Go. It, it really kind of uh, exemplifies the 80s in a way. And I think uh, like uh, it was in gross point gross blank. Point. And I think you just kind of play this song and it just, it, it sounds like everything you would think of like the wacky 80s and you know we're in like a checkered shirt and just er- everything it's being so new wave this is like the ultimate new wave song what what do you think russ what's what's going on there's with this
2: there's a few too many yayas in it for me <laughs> i think
0: yeah 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 just, just a few yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah I, I
2: can't i can't say that it was it definitely was something i was super into i mean that world uh, you know, if you're going to go in that in that goth direction to some extent, I mean, you know, a Bauhaus song here and there, a, you know, killing joke song here and there. And, you know, if you want to lump Susie in that sound, I guess you can, you know, that would be more into, but as a whole, I wasn't super goth guy. I don't, I do. I know some people consider the
0: cure to be a goth band. I I don't. Yeah.
1: This is an ongoing discussion between Dave and I. <laughs> All
0: right. Because where and where well, do you guys fall on that? Oh, they're a pop band to me. I,
1: See, I don't. I, I know that they have some pop songs, but I will never consider them a pop band.
0: <laughs> she refuses to recognize any top ten songs of theirs. But do you consider them to be a goth band?
1: Gothier than pop. <laughs> okay. So then, not. See, great. I can't be committal. Like, like I,
0: I'm like committal. I said, with they,
1: they were goth. They were goth when you first. Their their early albums were more goth than their later albums. They got a little less gothy but I will never, I will never admit to them being pop. Friday, I'm in love is not one of, you know.
0: Well, like I said, it's a, song. it's a Taylor Swift song. Taylor Swift you should could, cover that song. That of the
2: catalog.
1: That's a good record yes. aside from that
2: song. I think it's an underrated record in the catalog, but I wish not, didn't mean to do that, but I did. Uh, I, I kind of wish that song wasn't there. I'm glad okay. for them. I'm glad for Robert for that success.
1: But <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree kind
0: of disintegration is the greatest album of all time that was like from South Park right wasn't that the I'm not gonna argue that okay
1: it is a great mm-hmm. album but even great albums great. you can remove a song
0: you but you would never okay
1: you tell, would never I tell you Pride, I am
0: in love no I it's know. pop perfection it's you know
1: pop perfection doesn't come it come is
0: rubber, it, it? disguised as a goth song that's why it's so brilliant but like there's any another, teenage um, any teenage quote girl from social media right there <laughs> Like I was going to say any teenage girl or 50-year-old man can uh, can cry to to letters to Elise.
1: Yeah, we can no there's another whole
0: Yeah. The, all right, fine. Episode. Whatever. Um hey, you like Ska? No. Come on. Get <laughs> no. your elbows moving.
2: No. Dude, never my world. <sighs> I'd scratch my head. The to spe- me, <laughs> Ska is not unlike the late 90s where swing and, you know, came into play, and I was like, this is a fad, everybody. Just let it go. It's just for Gap commercials. <laughs> just <let> it <laughs> it's, it's Give it a couple of months. It'll be gone. We don't have to talk about this anymore. But that was ridiculous when that was, you know, trying to make that, a you know, some sort of trend that was going to have any kind of lasting power. Um, granted, Skies certainly, you know, become more of a, you know, a fabric of some kind of, uh, you know, you know, regular inclusion over the last number of decades, but I don't think there's a ska band. Like I, I, you know, if you want to say the specials, you want to call the Mm -hmm. specials a ska band, I can get behind that.
0: What about Madness? Not much
2: else. Madness? Madness.
0: Uh, All right. You don't want to go one step beyond or anything like that here? here. Uh, Maybe a
2: couple, maybe a couple songs.
0: All right. We bring this up because number 62 is The Untouchables, an LA band, and the song is called Free Yourself. I'm sure there was just, this was just played in... Los Angeles. I don't know yeah, how. I,
2: no, I never heard it. Yeah. Yeah. No idea what this was.
0: But it's catchy, right? You, you wanted to stand up and you wanted to move around. I did not. It didn't no. make you want to think. Okay.
2: No. I was like, hey, we should go to number 61. That was kind of <laughs> what <I thought. laughs>
1: oh. oh. You're entitled. You get one of those. One, one, one
0: yeah. You get one free pass. There it is. <laughs> Holly, what did you think of this? We'll, we'll step just for a second. We'll stay on this for a sec.
1: I had forgotten about the song. I, I actually I, I like ska enough, but it's it would never be my format of cho- you know my style of music of choice. Um, but I I like the song. It was fun to revisit. I don't think I'll be putting it on any of my playlists necessarily. But it was fun to hear again. Although when I can't when I when I saw the title "Free Yourself," I can't help but think of. Um,
0: and the rest will follow, or free your mind, and the rest for, will follow. Free, yeah,
1: yeah. Did I you can't just think of free your this mind. This
2: yeah, yeah. and wrongly <laughs>
1: and, do so. <laughs> I did, that's what I, th- but it was nice to hear again. I don't need it in my life.
0: Okay, fine. We will move.
1: And you, Dave, do you, do you? Uh-
0: I, I did. I I think I actually bought this record because I,
1: wow.
0: you know, I got to dance. I mean, you know, guys got to dance once in a while, but. Uh, yeah,
1: I never thought I would hear you say that.
0: What? This guy has got to dance <laughs> uh, once in a while. Is what he's that's right. I want to dance with somebody. Uh, let's just move on, please. On to 61. Come on uh number 61 uh oingo boingo something isn't right and this is a song not on an album but on a soundtrack not just any soundtrack but the bachelor party soundtrack that's right tom hanks bachelor party this was a thing we love these amazing (laughs) tom hanks is the lead but i think at the time
2: I think the conventional wisdom was that Adrian Zemed was still going to be like the big right. star. Yeah. Um, people should have realized upon Greece too, that that was not
0: likely going to happen.
1: It might've, he had a look.
0: He had a look. <laughs> we all had a look. Yeah. Russ had a mullet. That was his look. It's true. <laughs> Do you remember Bachelor Party? We won't talk about the song. Oh,
2: not please, not one minute longer, or Milt will come for you. <laughs> I mean, that was right. Yes, I could, I could recite. I actually just did recite a line. Uh, yes, I do remember Bachelor Party again. Probably would not have aged well if we watch it now. Yeah. But super yeah. fun at the time.
1: Kind of like watching uh, Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. These uh, 80s, crazy. Like yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. Can't watch that. That's that's a terrible movie now. Looking at it. Yeah but so much fun at the time. So right. All these movies were yeah. so much fun. Porky's yeah. fun. <laughs> oh my God. This is what we watched as, uh, as teenagers. I mean, this,
1: could you imagine our kids watching this now? Our kids well, are just they, programmed to know it's yeah.
0: Oh, they recognize it immediately. You'll uh, yeah. yeah. How inappropriate it is. I tried playing a few uh, Mel Brooks movies for, for my kids. They, this isn't funny Dad. <laughs> Animal House wasn't funny. My daughter goes to University of Oregon, and that's where uh, uh, Animal House was filmed. So I showed my daughter the movie, and she's like, "Nope, nope, didn't this, work. It did not work. No, this did not connect." So you know, get ready, Russ, for mass disappointment when you uh, yeah, when you try and revisit these movies moments. you love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
2: We watched hey, Back hey. to the Future, and it was kind of like,
0: "Oh, yeah, it's was, it was okay." Like, what do you mean this is okay? This yeah. is the greatest movie ever made. What do you mean it's okay? <laughs> Do you end up identifying more with the with the parents now? Like, why are you right? That's this. That's the scary thing about watching these movies now. Like Ferris Bueller, why are they letting him go out? What's who's watching this? (laughs) What's happening? Yeah, it's so it's it's incredible what you
2: look back and you think about the things that you did at a certain age as a kid, and you're like, there is no chance (laughs) in hell you're letting your own child do that same thing at even Oops. a very, ba- it was probably slightly older age.
1: <laughs> it's just like, Man.
2: yeah. Um, boy, does that dynamic change? Most- well, we lost Oingo Boingo somewhere in this I, I know. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had so many thoughts going on in my head I, I to, to your, your movie point and your music point, the, a negative movie point, a positive music point. <laughs> my kids laughed when we showed them Jaws when they were younger.
0: I did too. Feel. They thought yeah. it was hilarious.
1: Yeah. Wow. Like, had your 13 year old seen a concert yet?
0: My
2: son had gone to see his first show that I dragged him to when he was seven. We went to the stone pony and saw the pixies <laughs> um, at the summer stage. So the outdoor, so it wasn't inside. Cause it was inside. It would have been a whole other animal. Yeah. Yeah. A little too much, but it was outdoors. So he just sat up on my shoulders for, you know, six, seven songs until there was a little too much, you know, it is, smoke yeah. around us. And I was like, I gotta get him out of here. But that was nice. Um, I don't think he cared, but it was nice to just have him there for it. I was going to see Black Sabbath in the last tour and a friend of mine, I was supposed to go, couldn't go at the very last minute. So <laughs> I was basically going by myself and, and Lucas came with me and basically just lied down across my lap yeah. for five, six songs until he was so bored. He was just like, can you, when we leave? I was like, do you not know what's happening right now? <laughs> the greatest band that has ever been this is it. And I'm seeing it and you're making me leave.
1: Did you leave? Kids.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to fatherhood. Because
1: kids rule our yeah, kids rule our lives.
0: Yes. Stupid kids. Yeah.
1: God. (laughs) Dave had to leave a concert when his father wanted to leave.
0: Well my yeah, my first show because, you know, he didn't want to be stuck in traffic. I saw I was ELO with and Journey was the opener. And like Oh, dude. And and like leave. That was my yeah. Yeah. Like five five songs in. It's like, let's go, Dave. Okay. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> it's like there's traffic. <laughs> we got to get yeah, because he had no idea when it was going to end, when the show was going to end. Of course, it was going to go on for another two hours, but he had to. I was like, going to
2: say you could. I, I understand the traffic thing if you if you're trying to bail a little bit early. I get it. Five songs in seems nah, a tad early. He
0: was well, yeah. Hey, who? Why yeah. did you an encore? You know, we just you can't leave early. We did
1: even be, at this age. Be,
0: I saw the Bee Gees. We left early. The, did you see the documentary? Have you seen that? You left early. Uh, they have the overhead shot of Dodger stadium, like them performing. Uh, sing- and you could see my dad lifting me. Yeah. You could see me lift- like walking up the aisle <laughs> to, to get to our car because we Aww. left early. So that, that was our yeah. thing. And then, but later in life, you like we used to leave baseball games early too, mm. but later, like after I complained, like I guess probably when I was in my twenties, I gave him enough guilt that he's, whenever we went to a game, he stayed until the end as long as I drove. He was fine with it, but anyway, anyway that that's my situation. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. So do you
1: want I, I do have a question about Oingo Boingo for rest. Oh. Did you, Oingo Boingo being an LA band, how familiar were you with them back in the day?
2: The two most noteworthy songs for them, again, tied to soundtracks. Yeah. So for me, it was Dead Man's Party, you know, in the in use in, in Back to School, and then Weird Science.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, those are great songs. Mm-hmm like Danny Elfman got it where it's like, yeah, he figure out this, this little niche and, you know, there's such a cinematic quality to what he did. Yeah. There was definitely something really special about his headspace. Boingo Boingo is a tremendous band name and totally perfect <laughs> for that time. Yeah. And that, uh, that weird kind of alternative land, yeah. this song, I didn't know quite as much as, you know, I probably heard it, you know, once or twice, but uh, yeah, those other ones really stood out more to me.
1: Oh, they were so much more than their soundtracks. So Wango boingo and danny elfman i mean they had some great aside from him being a brilliant you know yeah. compose you know composer of tv music film music great albums only lad is probably one of my favorite albums
0: <laughs> all right that wow we hit all 10 songs finally i should note that uh, as we looked at your bio it says that you're approaching 20 years at wfuv
2: this is the 20th year this year yeah it'll be 20 years in, in september
0: That's just not any September. Can you tell me what it was like as Russ Boris steps into the FuV Studios in September of two thousand one? What what's going on? um, And what uh, you weren't doing the you weren't doing the job you probably had signed up for initially?
2: Correct. When I got hired, I was assistant music director, and my first it wasn't technically my first day, but we had um, a few days before I was starting was one of these like boat parties we would do. Uh, and sponsor in the city. So I went to like a Martin Sexton show or something and just kind of, you know, hung out with a couple of the staff and and tried to, you know, kind of learn some of the other aspects of what we were going to do. So then the first day I started, you know, kind of getting settled into this very small space in the, you know, third floor in a, you know, building in Keating Hall uh, that was super narrow and coming from a world where I had, you know, my own office, And uh, we had a smaller station, but this was like, okay, I'm sharing a little nook of a desk (laughs) and sharing with a student who's here. Like part of the time I was like, what did I just get into? This is weird. I thought this was like a powerhouse. So it was a little head scratching in the beginning and fast forward a few days where I'm really nowhere settled into even what I'm doing it or responsible for you. I mean, I know what I'm going to do listening to music. I know that's part of it, but I haven't really, you know, everything hasn't been fully defined yet. And um, the woman who was working at the front desk, Came to the you know this back area uh, back um, area of the station and just said um, you know a plane hit one of the towers and I didn't even know how to react I was just like that doesn't sound good I didn't like I didn't even know what she was really saying it was hard to even comprehend so you know as we we sat that morning and and watched everything evolve um, it was kind of uh, incredible to see how quickly everybody pivoted um, our morning host who at the time had a pretty significant news background just stayed on the air all day um, through the other, you know, DJs that were on, you know, giving info. And, you know, I just kind of had to really acclimate myself to the music library that was there. that I didn't know, um, I knew a lot of songs, but I didn't know what, like where everything was because it was all these physical CDs and drawers that I had not really gone through yet. And it was just like, just grab stuff and handing it to the jock, like, just play this, just play this and trying to find stuff that was kind of appropriate, as appropriate could be at the time. Uh, that was a trial by fire kind of moment where mm-hmm. you just got thrown in there, and that was that was that was my fifth day. Mm.
1: Um, oh my god!
2: Yeah, that was really une- You know, obviously, you know, life changing for everybody. Um, but for me, having been in the same job for a few years, and then going to New York and working in New York, and thinking whatever that's going to be, and whatever aspirations you're going to have centered around New York City, and have that be your largely the introduction to it. To look back and think I've been 20 years there since then it's, is surprising because I think at that moment, uh, you know, we had plans to move closer and all this stuff. And, you know, my wife and I were like, yeah, maybe we're just going to keep it here for a little bit. <laughs> and so people joke because I have such a, a large commute uh, that I still live, you know, in 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 Jersey and, you know, that's a that's a good ride to the Bronx every day.
0: Have you been to the studios or what's, what's going on? I've not
2: been to the studios since March. Yeah. So that's a it's weird Mart- world. Yeah,
0: there is no reason to they, they don't want you going there at all. Correct. Yeah.
2: Um. You know, it's been decided that, you know, we the station uh, uh, about a decade ago moved to a, a, a different area of the building. It's in the basement. So it's a better facility and it was kind of built from the ground up. But there are no windows in said basement. So uh, ventilation is a concern, oh, gotcha. uh, obviously, you know, and there's just seeming like we can get this done and we've found a way to get this done. So we'll just keep everybody safe unless you've got to go in for a particular reason. An engineer might pop in uh, once a week just to work on some stuff. Somebody will go in to grab, you know, checks from the membership department or finance. But for the most part, staff is is home. DJs are at home. Uh, It's unbelievable that this is how the radio station has run for uh, going on a year. Uh, It's certainly a testament to us all. Um, and how we've been able to figure it out, and so I certainly applaud everybody involved. But it is wild. If you would have told me last February that this is what we would have been doing, it would be hard to believe.
0: Thank you so much for us. This was great. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this as always. I mean, I, I'm always looking for an excuse to to bring in friends and and, t- and talk with uh, people about music, and so that's that's kind of why we do this thing. Yeah, this is a blast. Fun. I certainly Thank appreciate the you. invite. Good to meet you,
1: Charlie. It was very nice to meet you. Thank you yes. again for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, thank, thank you so you. much. This was
0: really fun. Yeah, we'll see you. Uh, yeah, listen to you on the air. Looking forward to it. WFUV, the al- alternate side. Yeah, uh, you got it. Uh, yes, Fridays yeah. from nine to midnight, Eastern Standard Time. Give a listen. And it also is also streaming on WFUV.org. So, That's correct. yeah, always listen. It's good right. stuff. Thank you. Love it. Thanks. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Take care. See you around. right wrapping up our talk with russ boris he is the music director at wfuv in new york and that was a lot of fun don't you think holly
1: that was super fun thank you it was such a pleasure hanging out with him virtually
0: yeah russ has a couple opinions about uh (laughs) certain bands what they should what they shouldn't do so it's, it's always fun touching on many different topics you might be saying to yourself wow that was a great podcast they talked about the music that was spectacular russ is amazing where can i hear the music well it's an easy fix there's this thing called spotify and uh we are putting together piece by piece chunk by chunk this uh k-rock playlist you can find it on our website wddimpodcast.com check us out over on social media you can sign up for our newsletter at our website where else can they find us holly
1: on facebook at what difference does it make podcast on instagram and twitter at wddim podcast subscribe to our youtube channel you won't be sorry
0: all right so thanks to uh, pantheon podcast as we are a proud member of their family and thank you to you the listener for tuning in and until next week this is dave this is holly check you later
1: over and out